TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go on this Thursday afternoon, the 19th of March. It is approximately 345 Central Time. This is Scoop Podcast episode 289. I hope everyone listening is safe, be strong. We're all in this thing together. I mean, undoubtedly, whether you directly or indirectly, you are impacted by COVID-19, by the coronavirus. Heck, on our front, just trying to maintain some semblance of curriculum with our third grader, with our kindergartner, my wife working from home. Thankfully, she still has a job. Thankfully, I still have a job. Hopefully, this podcast can provide some sort of distraction for at least a few minutes. I will make this a football-centric podcast. My goal is to record a separate podcast with some interviews I did earlier this week, including with Zeke Najee, Hopkins High School, the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year from the University of Arizona, expected high NBA draft pick whenever the NBA draft may come. So my goal is to record that for episode 290. But again, this is episode 289. Let me empty out my figurative notebook before I get to conversations with former Viking current Carolina Panther Brandon Zilstra and his brother, one of the best receivers in Minnesota State Mankato history, NFL draft prospect Shane Zilstra. All right, on the Vikings, I guess there's really, you know, any particular place I could start. Let me just go literally how I have it in my – I did actually jot down a few notes. So I don't really have an actual notebook, but I do jot down some notes just to have some semblance of – order here on this podcast so on everson griffin his market picked up on wednesday it was pretty slow the first couple days including with the vikings but the vikings undoubtedly want to bring him back mike zimmer has a good relationship with everson don't undersell the relationship everson has with new defensive coordinator defensive line coach andre patterson plus les pico is another individual in the vikings organization that is a great resource for everson think about everson's you know mental battles everything he's dealt with in his personal life les pico has been an unbelievable resource. The Vikings want Griffin back. He wants to be back. But if the money is so good somewhere else, it might be hard to turn down that money. I know the Seahawks want him. The Seahawks want him, although they want Jadavian Clowney. And if they can get Clowney back, they won't sign Griffin. But if they swing a miss on Clowney, look for the Seahawks to make Griffin a nice offer. Pete Carroll is one of his guys. The New York Jets have interest in Everson Griffin. But make no mistake, the Vikings are working diligently trying to find a way to bring Griffin back. Dan Bailey, that's a done deal. I'm told it's a three-year deal for Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey back with the Vikings. That was always the goal. I know Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press tweeted on Thursday morning that a few teams were in the mix, including the Vikings. The number one goal all along was for Dan to resign, for the Vikings to find a way to bring back Dan Bailey. There was always mutual interest. Talks picked up weeks ago and came to a conclusion on Thursday afternoon. On Mackenzie Alexander, one year, $4 million to the Cincinnati Bengals. Did the Vikings match that offer? No, I'm told they did not. Did the Vikings have interest in bringing back Alexander? They did. They would have happily had him back at a lesser number. Would Alexander have come back if the Vikings had made a comparable offer? That's a good question. My sense is after he played in Week 17, then he undergoes knee surgery, misses the playoff games in New Orleans and in San Francisco. My sense is McKenzie was looking for a new beginning, but it doesn't matter. I'm told the Vikings were not willing to pay him $4 million 
for the 2020 season, in large part because they're up against it still cap-wise. On Michael Pierce, the Vikings' new nose tackle, he replaces Linval Joseph, who is now an L.A. Charger. I'm told the Patriots, the Bengals, and a few other teams had interest in Pierce. But once the opening came about here with Linval, you know, getting kicked to the curb, I'm told Pierce and his agent locked in on the Vikings. This is where they wanted to be the most. They have a lot of respect for Andre Patterson and others with the Vikings organization. They circled Minnesota. Hey, $9 million guaranteed also did the trick. So Michael Pierce is now a Viking. I threw out on Twitter on Thursday morning, just spitballing. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if the Vikings made a move for Trent Williams? Hey, how about this? The Vikings are fans of Trent Williams. I think a lot of teams are fans of Trent Williams. It's a matter of, you know, can you redo his contract, pay him, and give Washington a decent draft pick? Well, the Vikings have draft ammo. Could they pay him? I mean, they could trade Anthony Harris, which I think still happens at some point. They could redo some other contracts. So there's always a way. Typically, there's always a way. If you really want a player, you can make it work. You may have to pay the price Later on, but keep in mind, with the new CBA, the salary cap will keep going up, up, and up. Although, you know what? With coronavirus, who the heck knows where things are headed? I mean, from a revenue standpoint, who knows? I mean, we don't even know at this point if training camps will happen in July, if the regular season will start on time. So there's a lot of open-ended questions. But in theory, the salary cap will continue to go up with the new collective bargaining agreement. So, yeah, you would have to pay up later, but with the salary cap going up, maybe it wouldn't be as severe as many think. I'm just saying the Vikings internally are fans of Trent Williams. Whether they can make something work remains to be seen. J. Ron Kirst, Detroit Lions, one year, $2.75 million. The Vikings made no effort to retain him. On Stephon Diggs, I'm told Diggs really wanted to be either in Vegas, San Francisco, or in New York. He preferred a big market. Now, the Redskins and Patriots also had interest. I think he would have been fine going to either of those organizations, but they weren't willing to offer what the Buffalo Bills did. Sure, he's going to a new offense, presumably an offense he likes better than the one here. Yes, he's been looking to get out for a while. Remember, he missed some time last April, you know, the offseason program, then everything that happened after the Week 4 loss in Chicago, Diggs got what he wanted. Now, I'm told when he was in the building after the week four blow up, when he was in the building the rest of the season, I'm told he was fine, but he let teammates know that his preference was to move on. So the Vikings get multiple picks. If you missed it, they get picks 155 and 201 from Buffalo. They also get Buffalo's first round pick, but Buffalo has multiple fives and multiple sixes. For this year. So I know people were curious, okay, of those multiple picks, you know, which one did the Vikings get? They got the better of the Bills' fifth round picks, the worse of their sixth round picks. And if you missed it, the Vikings send the worse of their seventh round picks. They actually have multiple seventh round picks. The best one they have is 219. The Vikings retain 219. Pick 239 is off to Buffalo. On Trey Waynes, the Eagles, Panthers, Raiders, Jets, and Dolphins also kicked the tires. The Vikings really made no effort. The money was just too absurd, too high, good for Trey. The Bengals, though, were by far the most aggressive. So Trey Waynes, he'll make, what, about $20 million this year. He got paid by the Bengals. The Stephen Weatherly market moved fast. The Vikings really had no chance. Two years, $12 million to Carolina, maybe slightly above $12 million. He'll have a chance at 28 years old to re-enter the market, so it's a good deal for Weatherly. I'm told the Colts and the Lions also made 
a pretty strong push. I mentioned the possibility of an Anthony Harris trade. Yeah, the Browns have kicked the tires. The Eagles like him. The Panthers are looking for a safety. Heck, I know Jerry Gray now in Green Bay loves Anthony Harris. Not that Green Bay is a possibility. Not that the Vikings would do a deal with the Packers, but I can see a scenario where the Vikings need to create more cap space where eventually Anthony Harris is on his way. The Vikings did not try to keep Linval Joseph once they let him go. He gets $9.5 guaranteed on that two-year deal with the Chargers. On Sean Mannion's one-year deal with the Vikings, I'm told it's about the same money he made last year. Last year was a signing bonus of a little under a million dollars, base salary right around $900,000. Available free agents on the Vikings radar from Brainerd High School, the former Colt, offensive lineman Joe Haig. They do have some interest in Philip Dorsett. His agent also represents Travis Benjamin. I brought up Benjamin on social media. I'm told of the two, they prefer Dorsett, but it doesn't look like Dorsett is going to end up with the Vikings. Perryman, you know, Brashad Perryman, he's another guy that the Vikings have some interest in, but it's hard right now with with limited space. Some free agents off the board that the Vikings kicked the tires on, cornerback Desmond Trufant, who is now a Detroit Lion, and Jeff Heath. No on Eli Apple, no on some other defensive backs that came off the board, but those were two defensive backs that the Vikings did kick the tires on. Talks have yet to pick up on a contract extension for Dalvin Cook. He is entering the final year of his deal. That, to me, is as fascinating a storyline. I suppose if you know they get heavily involved on Trent Williams, that's a fascinating storyline. But right now, maybe the most fascinating storyline, or at least for me, is Dalvin Cook. What takes place with Dalvin? The Vikings have interest in extending him. Dalvin has interest in staying here long term. But can they find a happy medium? I mean, it's not hard to find running backs. Todd Gurley let go on Thursday. Devontae Freeman let go by Atlanta. Melvin Gordon isn't finding the market the way that he thought he would. But you think about how valuable Cook is to the Vikings. He is their offensive MVP. It wouldn't be a great look. Now, he doesn't have leverage, but it wouldn't be a great look if he's not out there that first day of training camp. You know, that would get interesting. But hey, if talks are going well, sure, he'd be out there. But just something to keep an eye on. That to me is why it's so fascinating because, yeah, there's mutual interest, but how far apart Will they be money-wise? I mean, he's certainly looking for it. doesn't mean the Vikings will pay it. In fact, I'd be surprised. But he's looking for more than what Ezekiel Elliott got from the Cowboys. But can you pay a running back big money in this day and age of the NFL? I'm not quite sure you can. Much like I'm not quite sure you can pay two safeties big money. That's why I think the end result on this is they eventually trade Anthony Harris. All right, on Monday, I was over at Training House. I kept six feet of distance, but I caught up with the Zilstra brothers of Spicer, Minnesota, Brandon and Shane. This was before Teddy Bridgewater had committed to the Panthers, so I would have asked Brandon, who now is a wide receiver for the Panthers, hey, what's it going to be like playing with Teddy Bridgewater? But I didn't have that news at the time. Heck, there was actually very little steam on Monday morning when I was there at 10 a.m. that Teddy was heading to Carolina, but everything happened so fast but I got into you know the new CBA Brandon did vote yes on the new CBA I got into some other topics so here's my conversation from Monday with former Viking the pride of Spicer now current he is with the Panthers they have his rights for one more year so who knows where he'll be in a year but we know in 2020 he will be with the Panthers or at least go to training camp with the Panthers my conversation with Brandon Zilstra heck Brandon let's just start with your situation normal circumstances i think you'd be going back to carolina april 6th new coach so you get to go back earlier than other teams mm-hmm. i mean at this point april 6th is completely up in the air i mean there's just so much uncertainty mm-hmm. 
And I actually had um, somebody from the Panther staff call me this morning and just kind of talk about that. He said, as far as right now, everything's still on. But he said, you just never know with, you know, how this is all kind of going to play out. So um, I'm just kind of waiting by my phone, just, you know, just working out here and just seeing how everything kind of pans out. I suppose from that standpoint, like normal circumstances on, you know, whatever today is, March 16th, you'd be here working out. So, you know, I guess maybe there's more uncertainty if you're an NBA player or an NHL player or an MLS player or an MLB player. You know, this is such a weird time we're going in right now because nobody really knows how to react. Nobody knows, you know, do I take it too serious and not serious enough? Like, um, there's just you know, there's so much different news articles and stuff out there. It's just, just hard to keep everything straight um, with what's real and what's not. What are you changing in, in your daily life? Um, I've always been a big hand washer, but I've obviously increased that. Um, just kind of getting up periodically throughout the day even to go wash my hands. Um, and trying to, you know, just the, the basic stuff. You know, the basic stuff that kind of the CDC was saying. Just, you know, just kind of staying away from people. Just limited contact a little bit more. Um, isolate yourself. You know, just a little stuff. I'm not too over-the-top crazy about it, but um, I am trying to do my part at least. The NFL is sort of business is normal like there are a bunch of moves already today and the cba did pass over the weekend i guess just overall thoughts on the cba passing you know there's good and bad from it um i don't think you're gonna find one person that's all for it or one person that's all against it you know just there's just different little clauses in there that benefit different people so overall i think it was it was good for us to um, go about it you know we're not gonna be locked out of football there's no strikes there's no nothing um any of that um, the one thing that I'm not too big about is that it is a 10-year deal, um, and that that is a long time to make a decision or to make a you know a big decision like that because you know the economy and everything's going to be changing um, drastically in the next 10 years. So um, the 10-year commitment was honestly one of the hardest things for me, I think. Um, but I mean, overall, we, we got a deal done, so uh, just we can only look forward now. And you wrestled. I mean, you did your homework, and you felt comfortable with the way you voted. I did. I, I went back and forth on it quite a bit, um, but was calling uh, my agent, Blake Barrett. I, uh, you know, talked to a bunch of different friends throughout the league, talked to, you know, family or not. Well, yeah, kind of family, too. And just, you know, friends and family that are affiliated with football and actually kind of know what's going on. Um, some scouts and stuff. Um, and just uh, kind of hear everybody's opinion on it, because obviously everybody has different incentive to vote yes or no. And so I was just trying to get a little bit of everything to make my informed decision back through your year last year i mean a bit of a whirlwind i mean we thought you'd be here right like we covered you on the practice field right behind these windows july august and then all of a sudden things change and you end up in carolina yeah um it was it was a pretty big move for me um something i obviously didn't expect you know i wanted to stay here i expected to stay here um but you know football's football business is business um i ended up going to a new place in carolina which Honestly, I think it does help me in my career because now I know what it's like to, you know, get cut. I don't have that anxiety, that worry anymore because I was just like, oh, this is all it is. That's not that bad. And I was, I was excited to uh, go somewhere warmer, go somewhere. I've never been to Charlotte before, so it was a new city for me. So um, I looked at it as a challenge and just a, re- you know, a fresh restart for me. And that was something, I, you know, I, I honestly enjoyed. And now with a new coaching staff, it's almost like a fresh restart for everyone. So that may benefit you, too. Yeah, uh, you know, there's just a lot of unknown right now. Um, I still honestly haven't even seen all the different coaches we've hired. I know that uh, Coach Rule brought in a bunch of people from Baylor and kind of around maybe his connections. Um, but I'm going to have to, you know, learn a lot of names again and just learn how, you know, how they want things ran, learn their culture, their language and everything. So it's going to be, like you said, just a whole new learning process. 
Like, are you grinding on Baylor tape at all? Like, what are you doing to learn about, you know, his offense? You know, I did go check up on my receiver coach because I saw that we hired one, um, and it was Baylor's receiver coach. So I went and just did a little research on him just to see where he was, where he was at before. Um, you know, I know of some Baylor players, and I haven't really reached out to them, but the, you know, the consensus of everybody is that, you know, Coach Rule is a great guy. He's a disciplined guy, but, you know, you look out for him, he's going to look out for you. Uh, and I've constantly heard that um, from former players. Be curious to see what takes place with, you know, is Cam Newton your quarterback? Is Kyle Allen the quarterback this year? Like, Again, a lot of uncertainty. And all that's out of my hands, so I don't worry about that. You know, I'm, I play the receiver position, so I'm going to worry about that. All right, on Shane, I mean, you know what this journey is like. Like, what sort of resource are you for him? I've been trying to do everything I can in my power. With at the same time, I want him to learn, because I had to learn this all on my own. You know, when I went through the whole process, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have anybody tell me what to do. Um, so I, I had to grow up real quick and kind of learn everything. And so I'm trying to give him like an easier stepping stone to everything, um, to these different resources, to these different, you know, tips and tricks kind of to help get yourself out there or whatnot. But at the same time, I still want him to learn and grow and fail, you know, on his own. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to take a lot of like the hard process stuff out for him so he doesn't have to think and he can just go and perform and do what he's got to do. Um, but I think we've been a great team, you know, me pushing him is pushing myself too. So we get in here and we just try to stay as busy as possible and just constantly be pushing each other, constantly texting each other, like, what else can we do to get, you know, 1% better today is kind of our thing. Um, so it, it's been great to have him out here. On the 1% better, like, even go back, who knows, maybe at the beginning of, of this pre-draft process, like, can you see the noticeable differences from where he was, say, six, seven, eight weeks ago until now? I have. And one, one thing that I noticed with him is I always knew he was an explosive athlete. But just watching his 40 starts and stuff now, like, I, I get excited watching him. And, you know, he got, he got a time on him the other day, and it was night and day difference from, like, the first time he was timed. So I, I could just tell in, in his face he got a lot more relaxed. He was starting to smile a little bit more, and he's just like, you know, the hard work's paying off. So it's cool to see the results. Um, I'm pumped for him. So, Who was a better prospect, athlete, you know, however you want to term it, coming out of college? I'm going to say me every single time. I'm the competitive brother. But, I mean, if you, if you look at his stats and what he did in college and all the records he broke and all the wins he has, you know, he probably has that. But I'm better. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he put up prodigious numbers, though. Like, I mean, when it comes to, you know, Division two receivers, like, you can compare him to just about anybody. He really did. Um, like I said, he has, I don't know, every record in the – Mankato, you know, and that's, a, that's such a, you know, dominant, dynamic program, too. So it's cool that he had all the excess that he had there. Um, and that's something he's going to, you know, be able to take with him for the rest of his life. Um, but, you know, for him, it's the next chapter now. It's all that only goes so far. It only holds so much weight anymore. So he's got to go do that at the next, le- next level now and just learn about the whole process, learn how to take care of his body again, learn how to study in these circumstances. And um, it's going to be a fun journey for him, for us told him about the emphasis of special teams i mean you played special teams here mm-hmm. that you know maybe the path immediately to helping a team is is first on special teams and i think i would say a majority of the guys kind of going through this process lower school guys you know undrafted and late round late round type of guys i think they all kind of know the importance of it because that's something that they constantly get drilled with from everybody around um so i i think he knows the importance and we we're, we, you know, we're starting to implement a lot of that stuff into our training. Like, I just pull him off to the side, and we might go through some kick slides. I might. What, what, another thing I've been trying to do with him a lot is just introduce him to different terminology and different language of the NFL, just so when he goes there, he doesn't hear it for the first time. And you know, it might be that one time that 
somebody asks him to do something, he does it without question. That might, you know, get a scout, scout's attention or something like that. So I'm just trying to throw everything at him and then to see how he processes it all. That was my conversation with Brandon Zilstra. Now let's get to my conversation with Brandon's younger brother, one of the best receivers in Minnesota State Mankato history. He has all sorts of school records. He is an NFL draft prospect. He was supposed to work out for scouts on March 25th at Gophers Pro Day. That has been canceled. Uh, they are in the process of trying to do a virtual pro day that, that will be sent through his agent to all the teams. So that's what they're working on right now. The hope is that they can execute that in the coming days. Anyway, here's my conversation with Shane Zilstra. The progress you've made, even I think I was here like, I don't know, about a month ago, like from that point until now, the progress you've made. Yep, like you said, I was able to put a good time down and just, you know, goes back to, like I was saying in that earlier interview, you know, everything's so minuscule you know everything's important um and bill has done a phenomenal job and you know we it's nice to see it come to fruition how crazy is this time right now i mean there's talk of of putting together a virtual workout but as you know you know on march 25th unfortunately you won't have the opportunity to perform in front of scouts that's right it's just a crazy world we're living in um i don't think anyone expected it to come and be this serious but we're doing everything we can and and i'm ready to you know put down great times whenever I i get that chance what are you doing personally, you know, different now compared to a couple of weeks ago, just with everything going on in our world right now? Um, you know, trying to isolate myself a little bit, uh, just hanging with my wife in my apartment. Um, but I'm not taking any too drastic of measures. Um, try not to change too much just because I could get that call any day to, you know, be ready and go put a good time down. What is your time actually right now? Uh, I'm shooting for that 4-5 uh, time in the 40. So that would be huge if i am able to put that down. Are you close or have you even yep. gotten to that? Yep, very close and i put that down, so... Yep. And then where were you originally? So, like, you know, can we quantify exactly how much improvement you've made? Um, I, I believe I was timed, hand time when we did our junior day, somewhere in the four eights. Um, so, obviously, it's a very drastic increase, which is great, and uh, I'm ready to keep improving on that. I mean, what are some keys to the increase? Like, is it all about the start? The, the start is incredibly important. Um, it's something we really focus on, um, but there's a lot other things that go into it. You know, there's also the strength portion that we do in the weight room and just – you know, obviously, you can't do that in college. You know, you can't focus on each guy. So when we're able to take each guy individually and really break it down on film and in person, um, you really tr- start to fix those those small details. When you say film, is there almost too much of an emphasis put on, you know, the 40 time in your case where you're like, just watch the tape from the film from Mankato, like all the numbers you put up at Mankato? Yeah, you know, you try to stress that as much as you can, obviously, because I was able to have a very productive years uh, in Mankato. But, you know, it's important to them. It shows your athleticism, and obviously it's it's a part of the whole process. Like, where did you even improve, like, junior year to senior year? Like, you know, just in terms of your body of work, everything you can do from a receiver standpoint, how much did you improve in the last year? Um, a ton. Um, you know, my, my numbers showed it. Obviously, we made it a little bit farther, but my numbers showed it. Um, it was just little things in the summer that I tried to change, getting off press. Uh, doing those little things to just get more yards and to get more touchdowns and help the team win more games. And you embrace everything that entails being a receiver. I mean, when it comes to the blocking, heck, you know, at the next level, playing special teams, like whatever is asked of you, you'll do it? That's right. The Our entire receiver group actually at Mankato was, we all bought in. You know, we talk about blocking for the, the running backs, the tight ends, everyone else, because they're going to block for us one time. You know, it's a, it's a full circle. It's a team sport, the ultimate team sport. And we really embrace that and embody that in our receiver group. Do you have flexibility to play inside and outside, or are you mainly outside receiver? Uh, I mainly played outside. Um, 
up until like my junior year at Mankato. And then I started transitioning inside, working a little slot. And then I'll actually plan on taking a few um, three three point steps or three point stances um, just to show that I'm versatile and I'm able to play tight end as well if they see that. That's crazy, but I suppose in this day and age, you better have that sort of versatility, flexibility. Absolutely, and just shows, like I said before, you know, it shows your athleticism, and I'm able to do it. You know, I don't have an ego about it. I have no problem transitioning. You know, if that means special teams too, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean, on that, I mean, you have to embrace special teams, right? Absolutely. That it's just going to get your foot in the door and more opportunities. And I've, you know, some Brandon and I have talked about a lot about, um, you know, getting your foot in the door and just doing anything you can to stay on the team. A little bit more on Brandon. What sort of resource is he? He's an incredible resource, um, very unique. Obviously, not many people have that resource. Uh, he's just been so helpful throughout this entire process. You know, he's been living with me a few a few days, a few weeks, uh, and it's just huge. When you get outside of the, the training house, obviously here, you know, it's going over film, it's going over routes. We're doing grip work in my apartment, you know, rolling, rolling out. It's those little things that you don't always see um, and just really shows that, you know, how to be a professional. I mean, he's going over every single intricate detail, like, literally everything just even everything that entails a day like here's what a normal wednesday is and a normal thursday and like you're probably not going to have many questions you know you probably do now but like in a few weeks like you're going to know everything and that's just it and that's what his purpose was for coming down here um obviously he lives in carolina right now um but he really wanted to come and help me through this process just so it limits those questions and just helps me transition easier into the next level and i suppose he's just a good example and you know adam feeling through your agent is a good example of it doesn't matter where you come from the scouts are going to take notice well and that's just said they're two great examples of you know people showing that there are there is talent at every level it doesn't matter if it's division two with adam Thielen or division three with brandon you know they they both took unconventional paths but they still made it and obviously they're playing well now what's the key now or what do the next couple of weeks look like i guess just get ready for this virtual workout Yep, that's right. Um, obviously, there's nothing set in stone yet. There's a lot up in the air, just because as the whole world is. But, um, you know, just being ready. And that's what I'm going to do now. Take care of my body, do everything I can to just stay ready um, and be prepared for that pro day. Have any teams reached out, whether to you directly or, or through your agent? I've not talked to my agent about that. Um, I believe it's some sort of dead period is what the rumor mill is going around that they can't talk to players right now. Um, but like we talked about, there's so much up in the air right now that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on. Is there a sense, though, I mean, NFL scouts came to Mankato that, that you are on the radar of a number of teams? Yep. Um, I was talking to my agent. Uh, we had dinner one night, and he was saying that scouts were asking when they were down at the Combine, and he met with a few about me personally. So it's really reassuring to hear, um, and just hopefully that continues to build. The Zilstra brothers of Spicer. Brandon went to Concordia Moorhead, took an A-conventional route to the NFL. Division Three Concordia Moorhead into the Canadian Football League. Then the Vikings picked him up, played with the Vikings, then was let go by the Vikings last, what, September 1st. The Panthers pick him up off waivers. He appeared in a handful of games for the Panthers, played really well Week 17 against New Orleans. Now he'll be back in Carolina this year. Hey, he's able to hit the restart button, right? New coaching staff, so everybody will be starting from you know the same level. So he'll have a chance to impress with the new Panthers coaching staff. And Shane hoping to latch on with an NFL team. Yeah, it'll be interesting with the draft. On the draft, hey, don't undersell the Vikings' interest in Tristan Wirfs. Now that the Vikings have multiple picks, the Iowa offensive lineman, I know they like him. They met with him formally at the Combine. The question is, how high would they have to get? Like, would they have to get to 14, 13, 12, as high as 6, 7, or 8? 
Just something to think about, though, now that the Vikings have two first-round picks, although the Vikings have so many needs. All right, that will wrap up this episode of the Scoop Podcast, episode 289. Stay safe, stay strong, stay sane. I'll be posting another podcast, basketball-centric episode 290 pretty quick. But for now, we are done. Have a good one, everyone. That does it for Scoop Podcast, episode 289. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.